Welcome to the Digital Aircraft Secrets Podcast. I'm Mark Schultz, your host. Aviation Professionals for Digital Aircraft Operations is a forum created to help our industry to progress forward into the full implementation of digital transformation and digital systems. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, it's Mark Schultz here and we're live again for another discussion on digital here in the aviation industry. It's been part of our Recovery in Aviation series where we've been working with people to try to help them to find ways to be successful in the aviation industry. I have a guest speaker again here with me today that's an expert in digital transformation and helping people in the aviation industry to be successful. We're gonna talk about paperless operations, digital transformation, task cards. We're going to talk about integrations with MRO systems and analytics. I know that's a lot, but we're going to do a high-level overview to help give you some ideas on how you can be successful in implementing and going digital within the aviation industry. Stand by. You're not going to want to miss this. Hey, welcome, Thanos. How are you today? Good afternoon. Fine. Thank you. Hey, great, Thanos. Hey, Thanos, where are you located? I like to continue to remind people where you are. In Canada. That's why you see the cold uh, weather. Is it still cold there? Did you guys get oh, some yeah. snow? Oh, yeah. We, we, we had snowflakes this morning, yeah. Some snow that rolled through. I saw in Colorado. In Toronto. There. We're in Toronto. Toronto. They had a big dump in the western mountains there of, of snow. So I hope it's not as, as cold there for you. Yeah, well, the shoreline of the lake is melting, but... All it's right, still we'll doing their calls. Right. Well, anyway. I'm, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're with me, and I appreciate it. Hey, listen. For those of you watching, Thanos has a long history. He's the president and CEO of Aerosoft Systems, and he has a long history of having experience in working with digital and digital content and MRO systems and with ATA standards and data and just a lot of things. And Thanos, I mentioned to people in the past on how long you've been in the industry, but how long have you been in the industry now today? Well, since 1992, January 6th, to be precise. Wow. Okay. That's a long time. All right. Okay. Hey, Thanos, I was, you know, this is kind of a boring story, but I was cleaning out my garage over the weekend. Okay. And I pulled out some old aviation papers of mine and I found an airworthiness directive that I had put in a file from 1980. Okay. And you know why it was in there? I can't, I can't guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in, in the 19, late 70s and 1980s, I started working on airplanes, okay? And I was very young, all right? I wasn't even 18 years old yet, and I started working on airplanes, all right? And, and I saw that airworthiness directives were in paper. And I'm like, this is stupid. This is ridiculous, is that you can't even search them and you can't find them. And I called up a friend of mine who worked at Control Data Corporation in Minneapolis at the time, and I said, how can you put these airworthiness directives in digital? And he goes, well, how big are they? How much, how much text is there? How much graphics is there? And we had a conversation about it, but it was back in the late 70s and the early 80s that I was already thinking about how can I go digital with some of this paper you know, that existed out there. And that was a long time ago. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I've been thinking about this for a long time. But hey, listen, for those of you watching out there today, um, I wanted to just tell you that we're going to have a conversation today about digital in aviation and how we take some of the ideas and the things that people are doing out there today. Thanos is actively doing that in his company right now and helping people to be successful in implementing of digital. And we're going to talk about some of the ideas and some of the things that people are doing. First of all, I just wanted to say for those of you watching out there today, hey, if you would just give me a shout out, we actually are going to take some live questions and answers here today. And I'd appreciate it if you would just in the comment box down below, 
on the bottom right-hand corner, if you would put in your, your, just tell me where you are. I always like to know where people are. The last broadcast I did, we had people from every corner, you know, of the earth checking in. Just tell me who's watching out there today and where you are, and we'll give you a shout out and recognize you. Maybe say something about your company, but I'd really like to know who's out there watching. And then as we get going, we want to have your questions because we really want this to be an interactive session where we're able to, uh, to have a conversation with you. Um, you got some experience here, so let's make use of this business uh, knowledge that we have and see if we can be successful in helping other people out. Hey, I got Bob Johnson, who's uh, just joined us from uh, Atlanta. Bob, thanks for joining. Um, really appreciate you uh, jumping on and being with us. Anybody else out there, let us know who you are and where you're at. I appreciate it. Hey, listen, um, Thanos, I want to start on this topic of uh, paperless operations. You know, the the IATA, um, you know, many years ago came up with this term of, of, uh, of digital or came up with this term of paperless operations. And, um, you know, I know that that's quite a broad subject, but you know, I wanted to start off by saying is, is that, you know, how much paper is there really out there today? And how do we get from paper to paperless? What are you seeing out there today with the people you're working with? Do they use paper in an everyday, you know, world out there today? Well, they, they do uh, very much so. But more importantly, as you indicated, this drive to go paperless did start uh, a long time ago. Certainly, when I got into aviation in 1992, uh, when it came to technical content of uh, maintenance manuals and so on, they were specified by the ATA 100 paper standard. And we were building uh, millions and millions of pages of, of that content in paper and shipping it in multiple copies to the customers. So the first stage of, quote, going paperless was how to get rid of this paper. And instead of shipping them paper, send them a digital version. So the most convenient sort of form was uh, PDF, essentially. And the transformation became that instead of sending them these tomes, we would send them PDFs in a CD. And then they would put the CD and they would begin looking at the manuals on a CD in PDF form. So that it was the first step in what they started considering going digital. On the MRO, on the maintenance and engineering management side of the business, obviously they've had applications for a long time, applications that were built on mainframes in the, in the in the 70s and 80s, and, and some of them continue to be used in those platforms today, but subsequently applications that were built on mini computers and then uh, shared environments and so on. So, quote, maintenance tracking became digital in on the MRO systems earlier, certainly than content tracking and content usage became digital. But that jump to the PDF version of the manuals, although seemed like a, a, a benefit, it actually brought with it a whole bunch of problems. So let's talk about that for a minute, Thanos, because I've traveled all around the world. And before, you know, we all stopped traveling a year ago, um, you know, I I, uh, I traveled 480,000 miles the, the last year that I flew a full year. And I visited airlines and MROs all around the world. And I can tell you from my own personal firsthand experience that there's paper all over the place, work packages, task cards, never they're handed out to people in paper everywhere. Now, I know people are trying to transition to digital and to mobile devices, but what are you seeing out there today? I, I just want to ask you this. Is it, are you seeing people transitioning to using mobile devices and actually accessing, you know, manuals and task cards and things electronically out there instead of just paper? 
I see a combination of things. Uh, certainly in reading the manuals, instead of leafing through the pages or or going to the library and, and taking a section and photocopying it and carrying it to the manual, people do look at the published manual, so to speak, on an IETP, uh, Interactive Electronic Technical Publication. So they go either to a browser or they go to a mobile device that contains the digital manual and they leaf through to what they want. On the side of actual job cards and work packages, I see a lot more, as you said, cases of, of paper that are delivered. In many cases, in many situations, those stack of papers are actually created by systems that inherently and internally have digital content and structured content. So your content may be in XML, but it may be dovetailed with an MRO system that wants it in PDF, and then it actually pushes it and prints it to a physical printer. Then the mechanic collects the, the job cards. They execute them with the dirty fingers, we say. They physically sign them. Then that stack of uh, packages and, and cardboard boxes get shipped to the office where they get scanned, OCR'd, and stored to the cloud for search and retrieval uh, for historical reasons and keyboarded essentially to the MRO to indicate that compliance was taken for the various steps. That is a reality of 2021. That's not uh, sometimes a long, you know, uh, a long time ago. And what makes it even more challenging is that in, in situations where you're sending your uh, your work packages outside of the airline, you're actually physically filling an aircraft full of boxes, which is its work packages that are to be done on on a seat check when it when it gets delivered to the to the environment. Yeah, you know, Thanos. So, now I know there's a lot of airlines out there that that um, and operators and MROs that are actually using mobile devices, and they have, you know, they have. Uh, electronic, you know, documents, you know, on their mobile devices. And so, you know, people might ask themselves, well, is, is that really happening out there? Well, I can tell you that it is. What you just described is really happening because I've seen it all over the place. And even though we've gone through a period of time where people are accepting more digital, you know, there's more and more going out there. And so I want to transition for a second from that comment you just made about to my next topic here is, is that now if we want to actually emphasize and move forward on digital transformation, okay, all right, right. many times it seems overwhelming to people on, on how to do that because what you just described is a very integrated process which includes paper and PDF and MRO systems and a lot of different components of it. And if we really want to create a more intelligent kind of an environment, Thanos, where does it start? How do we move from this hybrid kind of an environment to something which is transformative, something that changes the business into something that's more efficient and more intelligent. How do I even get there? Where do I start? What, what are your thoughts on that? Where do I start? Well, what we're seeing is that the transformation is happening much more readily in what I call the back office than, than on the shop floor per se. We, we definitely see major initiatives where in the back office, first of all, large airlines never used the manuals as shipped by the manufacturer. They changed, they added supplements, they added amendments relative to their business processes, they added RIIs based on their certification and so on and so forth. They created those outside. 
when when the do paper documents were in in paper folders they would open up the binder and they would snip them in the way they would put in the yellow color trs right uh, when they came in between major revisions and so when the mechanic went and looked at a section they would see the page block that contained the OEM content, and then they would see the airline-specific content inserted and maybe a yellow TR. And they would need to look at all those together and determine what is the real applicable and effective information they have to use in getting their job done. This is reference material. I'm not talking about job cards yet, okay? So that's what used to happen. Today, the systems have to be able to take that OEM content that comes in in HTML or XML, and into it, they, it has to dovetail the legacy investments the airlines have in airline-specific customer content. They are not going to convert it all overnight in XML. They have to be able to use it as is where is to start with and have a gradual process in converting it to XML on a need-be basis on the manuals that get a lot of changes and so on and so forth. And, you know, the right time is when the task from the OEM takes a change, you also look at why you had a supplement or why you had an amendment and so on. You reconcile the three and then you create the final airline-specific content as a COC in XML. And from then on, you're freed uh, uh, about the PDF historical attachments you had in that. That's still in creating the digital structured manual environment. Uh, job cards are, are very, very interesting because they come together for some aircraft type types, for example, they're not published even by the OEM. Let's say Airbus produces your MPD and then it produces your AMM. And you play the MPD with the AMM and that determines all the schedule check cards that you need. And then, of course, you get SPs that are announced and you get ADs and they in themselves will drive engineering orders that may have some standard job cards and some custom built job cards that have to be created. To do all this, you need a content management system that's based on structured data. Okay, so let me pause you there for a second. Let me just say, is that, Thanos, everybody out there that's doing business in the industry has an IT portfolio, right? So they have an MRO system. They have a way of receiving manuals. They have a way of creating, you know, a, a work package. They or, or if they're an MRO, they have a way of receiving a work package. And, and if, it, if it's handing a piece of paper to somebody and executing the work, and then they have a way of signing off and they have a way of capturing those records and then delivering them either back to their MRO system or back to, you know, their customer, right? So everybody has a process in place, right? Now, if you're trying to figure out how to take your business to the next level, then how do you, how do you sort out where to start? How do I make a decision on what's going to have the biggest impact on my business or on my ROI? And if I have this hybrid environment, what's been your experience? How have you looked at something and said, Hey, start here and why? Can you help me with that? Well, I, I think, I, as I said, the adoption at the back office is a starting point. Then at the engineering department where the, the authoring of engineering orders uh, is done by the incorporation of digital service bulletin content and, and digital uh, AMM or, or IPC content and so on. But there's different ways of doing that. And if it's not based on structured standards-based content. I've seen people that will try to select HTML from a screen and paste it into a Word document or even PDF 
from another source and put it together in order to create, quote, their digital engineering order. But that's not in any way efficient. It's not searchable. It's not reusable. It's not, you can't do very quick impact analysis when you get a, a change to the MPD as to what are the items that are driven that require change and review and so on and so forth. So it's, it starts with analysis, depending as to how far back that particular airline is in usage of specific uh, MRO and content management systems or, or none, and then in moving them forward. But ultimately, the idea is to ensure that the tasks that are executed at the hands of the mechanics at the production floor are delivered there digitally in a structured form. The data that is captured, whether it is sign-off or whether it is information that is derived from the visit. Well, you know, while they're fixing, they see an additional snag and or they want to capture part number on, part number off, whatever is necessary. All that is captured digitally in a structured content, which in itself gets reflected back once to the MRO side to take automatic, immediate, and error-free compliance, number one. And number two is to also become the permanent record of that activity having been accomplished so that it can be searched and found years down the road in the event. Okay, so Thanos, is, is it, you said it starts, you said one place to start is in the back office with of the course. content, okay? Now, now, how does starting in the back office with content that you would have structured content different from running out and buying an iPad and delivering PDF task cards to the iPad. What's the well, difference between doing the, 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 airline, the airline may be subscribing to an OEM proprietary specific service. Uh, for example, they could be logging on and watch and seeing their manuals in HTML on browser screens, or they may be receiving CDs that have the content pressed in, in PDF, okay? And that could be what they're using today as digital. So the first step they have to do is they have to engage with those OEMs and find out what pure digital data services those OEMs have for delivery. Uh, the iSpec 2200 base as GML service by some OEMs, and for the few very new aircraft in commercial aviation, S1000D based uh, digital content. So they start with a subscription to a digital service, number one, and then they need the vessel into which to capture, validate, and, and use that service that that turns that digital data that they receive into the usable entities that the mechanics need. In the end, the mechanic still needs to see an IPC page or an AMM task or a job card. It, visually, it needs to be presented that way, regardless of, of what the device that it is portrayed on is, right? So you, to do that, you need a content management system that does the transformation from the digital data, which by itself does not contain formatting information. The beauty of the digital data is from the same source and the same structure, you can deliver to paper, you can deliver to a screen, or you can deliver to a mobile device. Yeah, okay. And, and, and ultimately, I, I kind of, um, you know, I kind of view this a little bit, if I could just take this into really simple layman's terms, is that if I went out and bought a windshield, you know, for a car, it doesn't mean I can go drive my car, all right? And I kind of view that as a little bit in that if you go buy an iPad, you know, it's like buying a windshield is what it is, all right? You can look at it and look through it, but it doesn't do anything for you, right? And until you have a plan for the assembly of the entire car, 
you know, you, you're not going to get there. And it's going to start with, you know, what's the engine that you're going to have? All right. And, and you could maybe put that in a few different cars, but if the engine becomes a critical core component of being able to have a car and to be able to drive it forward. And as I look at your content management discussion, you've just had having a core foundation of intelligent content presents a basis for assembly of an entire IT portfolio that ultimately can deliver to an intelligent mobile device. I mean, that's kind of the way I'm thinking about it right yeah, now. Yeah, the, the, I have an iPad is starting at the wrong end. It's a piece of hardware, number one. Number two yeah. is uh, if you're an airline and you're going to buy 3,000 of these, it's very important that you buy the right ones. Yeah. Uh, just because you were offered a particular deal of a particular size and particular memory content what guarantee do you have that the ultimate system and digital content you will have will be optimally integratable with what you have acquired? Yeah. Uh, and, and it would take forever to explain the synchronization process between the data that effectively needs to be in a cloud before it gets shipped to the iPad. It gets shipped to the iPad the first time or it gets shipped to the iPad on the basis of uh, incremental revisions or let's say the iPad contains all the AMM and the AMM has all the effectivity statements, but every night you want to ship SB accomplishment information that will play you pre and post effectivity showing of the effective task card as the aircraft pulls into the hangar. I know I'm going down to the mushrooms, but the, the hardware is the answer. What is the question is not the right approach. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand Excuse that. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> no problem. Hey, Thanos, I, I know that another big area where people start from is from task cards. They're saying, look, we have to have task cards, either for the purpose of delivering them to an MRO, or if you're an MRO, it's for the purposes of, of, of executing, you know, using them. Okay. So if I brought up the topic of task cards, you know, what's the value of having an intelligent task card that comes from your content management system, as opposed to a scanned image that's in a PDF? Well, all MRO systems historically had to have the ability to deal with task cards, whether they did it in some ways within the application or through an external application that was based uh, with a customized MS Word or a customized frame maker situation and a mini database. And then they try to, to tie the two together to deliver the visit specific information which is derived from the MRO with the content and detail instruction information, which comes from the job card system, so to speak, to the place where the job has to be accomplished. So when you start talking about a content management system, you're effectively replacing that ad hoc or, or Heathkit approach, I call it, um, job card system. Uh, external one, and you create that system to be based on the combination of OEM content plus the very valuable and airline-specific content that needs to make the airline's task cards according to their business processes and requirements, but such that those investments in the th thousands, you know, uh, two or three aircraft types may have 5,000 cards, you know, 10 fleets can have 50,000 cards, such that those cards are revisable by a control process on the basis of changed information by the OEM, 
change information by the airline's business processes without having to try to determine where do I start in this 5,000 stack and where do I make what changes in a cut and paste process. Yeah. Hey, Thanos, first of all, by by calling something a Heath kit approach, you've kind of dated yourself there, okay? Well, a unfortunately, bit, right? <laughs> a lot of the job card systems I've seen were, in yeah. fact, a were built that way, you know? Somebody had an idea. They had a, a you know, a small... Uh, database application and an application like Word or FrameMaker, and they built something. There's and a lot of they... homegrown generated systems that exist out there today. I keep seeing a lot of them. And so there's really a lot of opportunity for people to upgrade or enhance that you know capability out there. But Thanos, what I'm hearing you say, though, is I'm hearing you say that in this process today where we have this eclectic or this group of different pieces and parts that people have put together. This represents a tremendous opportunity for us to optimize and digitally transform our business by moving to something which is a more sophisticated foundation of content, which has intelligent data in it, which can be repurposed and, 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 and be both integrating backwards and delivering forwards content for the maintenance process. I mean, that's kind of what I'm hearing you saying right, right now. Yeah. So, so if the world is moving, uh, A, using iSpec 2200 SGML content and then S1000D, it needs to maintain that intelligent structure through that entire process. You can't at the airline or at the MRO take that intelligent process, that, that intelligent data and cast it to page images, whether that be PDF or whatever, and then use them that way and then go backwards and try to scan them and, and try to get intelligence back from a page image yeah. where intelligence was in there in the first place. We lost it. Yeah. 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 We lost it. Yeah. Hey, Thanos. So, so then what you're telling me then is, is that, like I said, everybody has an MRO system. We know that. Okay. All right. And we have intelligent content in our MRO system. Everybody does because it's a, all, they're all based on databases. Correct. And then we integrate into our content. We deliver task cards. Now, if I'm talking about the value of integration back into an MRO system, give me some idea of what you're talking about when you're saying integrating back to the MRO system. Well, the, the task cards are really one and an SB accomplishment is another sort of uh, interface between a, an MRO system and a, and a content management system that deals with the, with the output. The MRO system always contains what I call the visit specific information. The planning department will put the packages together. They will schedule the schedule activities and in them the uh, unscheduled events that come along and, and set it up for the visit of the aircraft, whether it's for two weeks or, or whether it's a, an eight hour window overnight because the air, original aircraft doesn't fly during the night. So that the visit specific work package data gets put together by the MRO system then the CMS system needs to bring you the most effective, the effective or the applicable content for the detailed instructions that need to be accomplished for, for that particular card or specific cards or engineering order. And by, by applicable, I mean based on the most uh, current configuration of the aircraft. Is it the pre or post SB version of the task, for example, and, and so on. And then that together then needs to be delivered and needs to be delivered ideally on a screen 
a smaller screen on a mobility device or on a bigger screen on a on an HTML screen and executed on that to be signed off. You know, you, you don't need dual columns on a screen that, you know, and lose all that real estate. A little tick mark with the ID, with the digital ID of the mechanic is the same authenticity as, as you know, the, the physical signature on the, on the width that we used to allow when a dual column sign off on a job card, right? And so, first of all, that, that is an important look and feel transformation that needs to take place to use the the available digital screen more effectively and and the other one is at the moment that you actually have it ticked or signed or or the packet signed off by the idea of the mechanic the compliance information has already been captured at the mro system you know some senior qa vp or or director can do a report and know that they have complied to that sb they have complied to the 300 hour or 600 hour check already they don't need to wait for the shipment of the paper to be keyboarded in the mro system screens and so on yeah that's so just a that. minimal step i mean there are other yeah. issues when you send the work package to the floor there are systems that totally optimize in what sequence should the, that package be executed in the allocation of the skills, in the allocation of open this panel once and, and close it once and do 10 cards with it and so on and so forth. And those systems need to be able to read those job cards in digital form, in structured digital form to be able to restructure the, the execution flow for optimizing the costs at, at the uh, shop floor. Yeah. So Thanos, I guess what we're talking about here today is that we're basically saying that, you know, paperless operations, you know, having having something that's electronic is very different than having a digital transformation of intelligent content that can be repurposed and reused and update, you know, integrated with MRO systems and really create a dramatic impact on the business, not only from a, of course, you know, safety and compliance standpoint that we're always looking at, but dramatically from an optimization standpoint and to be able to create a much more efficient environment, which then becomes much more usable and ability to be able to accomplish more work, save money, you know, and really be a, a digital transformation that we're looking for. So the bottom line that what we've talked about here today, Thanos, is that there's a big difference between having a scanned image of a PDF and having a fully intelligent digital environment, which starts with the basis of structured, intelligent content. Right. I mean, that's really the bottom line of what we're talking about yeah. today, right? Yeah. 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 Perfect. Hey, listen, Thanos, um, we run out of time here today. We've been going for 30 minutes now, and that's how long I told you we'd run today. We were going to talk a little bit about analytics today, but I'm going to push that off to our talk next week. Okay. For those of you watching today, listen, the month of uh, March, Thanos um, graciously agreed to, on Tuesdays at 1030 Pacific time, it's 17.30 um, GMT. Uh, he's agreed to have a conversation with me about digital transformation for the specific purposes of helping give you ideas on the ways that you can be successful in implementation of digital within our aviation aerospace you know, industry out there today. If you'd like to be notified about upcoming events, we have a website scrolling past on the screen right there, which is solutions.digitalaircraft.org. We have two more events coming up this month, one on the 23rd, where we'll further this conversation. And then on the 30th, we're actually going to have a backstage webinar where we're going to give you an opportunity to get a peek into some specific solutions that are being implemented into some of these areas. But Thanos, thank you so much for you know, your knowledge today and giving me 
you know, all the information. I hope that it was helpful to those of you out there listening. And Thanos, I'll look forward to having a conversation with you next week again. Good. Uh, I guess it's still good morning for you there, is it? It actually okay. is. It's only 11 o'clock on the Pacific Coast. It's afternoon for you. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Bye-bye, Mark. Okay. Thanks a lot, Donalds. Bye now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being with us today. And I really appreciate you watching. I look forward to our next uh, live broadcast. Fair winds and following seas to you. Have a great day. I look forward to seeing you next time. Hey, wait, don't go away yet. We have a lot more interesting information to come. Hey, I really appreciate you watching this broadcast, but in order for us to continue to bring this to you free, we have sponsors. I'd really appreciate it if you would just listen to our sponsor and then we'll get right back to the podcast. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Digital Aircraft Secrets podcast. Digital Aircraft exists to promote safe and efficient worldwide air transport Aviation connects the world. Aviation connects us as people. Join the conversation on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook at hashtag digital aircraft. Let's help the aviation industry be a thriving place for all of us to reach our dreams.